Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now, TNT analyst Kevin McHale. I tell you what, for Vikings fans... Green Bay playing the Bears is like, do you want to get hung or do you want to get shot? With your host, Galliot Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Seku Smith and Lang Whitaker. The NBA's Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, the players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of The Nation. Dave Zyron. Only the Knicks for $100 million would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip off. Oh, yeah. Hang time podcast. Episode 51 coming at you. Seku Smith from NBA.com. In the studio here with a special guest, Lamont Calloway. Hey, man, what's going on? The uh, guru of the dunk ladder that you see on NBA.com. <laughs> we're going we're, we're to get after him today, Lang. All right. Lang Whitaker, my co-host from the Lang Dome, no longer coming to you from the Slam Dome. He's doing it I'm from little, the house, man. Yeah, as I say, if I get a little disjointed today, <laughs> get, cut me some slack. Well, I mean, you, you spent a decade at the Slam Dome. Now you get, or oh, more than a decade, now you get uh, you get to go home. Lang, uh, I, I know the news came out late last week, but some of our listeners probably didn't get a chance to check it out. Uh, explain to them just the, the transition you're going through right now. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find a good movie to watch in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, for the last 11 years I've been at Slam full time, and um, Friday was my last day full time. So now I'm going to be like an editor at large, which means I'm still going to write in the magazine. I'll still write online. I'm just not going into the office every day anymore. Right. And um, and so now I get to. Uh, uh, have time to like try to do some other stuff I've wanted to do for 10 or 11 years. Um, I mean, I still want to do basketball, but I want to do other things too. And this gives me that opportunity. And, um, after being there for a long enough time, they, you know, were generous and were, wanted me to still be involved. And so it worked out really well for all of us. And, um, yeah. So, but today, anyway, today's the first day working from the Lang Dome instead of the Slam Dome. So, yes. if you hear my dog barking in the background or whatever, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you a out. break. We'll, we'll cut All you right. some slack. This is your, your first time rocking from the home office like that. Uh, you do know that uh, the minute that came out last week, I got three or four tweets and uh, messages from people like, "Oh, great! Now this means you and Lang will do the podcast every day." And I was like, "I was like, ah." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. We got to talk to Micah about that. We got to check with our super producer about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but big day today. Uh, Hall of Fame bids go out today. Um, the list of names, interesting. Chris Mullen, Tex Winter, Artis Gilmore, Dennis Rodman, all named to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. Uh, surprises? Any Anybody surprised at these names or – I mean, I thought Robin was getting in for sure. Somebody asked me over the weekend. Props I it was to Robin. Out. Props to Robin. Yeah, man. I think he deserved to be in. Yeah, um, and had for for a little bit. I know, like, 
with Rodman, you know, there was always the thing of does his off court stuff overshadow his on court? Yeah, and I think it did for a little while, but uh, I think he really deserved to be in. Um, I, who were the other? Uh, didn't Sabonis get in too? Yeah, I mean, there were more. Kind of cool. These are just the highlighted. I just highlighted a couple of those names. Um, Tara Vanderveer, you know, but Tex Winter, I thought going in was was important, and then Artis Gilmore. You know, there's been a lot of people for a long time yeah. who felt like he should have been in. And uh, so he'll he'll go in now as well. Tara Vanderveer, who's uh, probably not feeling the greatest this morning, so hopefully this was a little better news for her. Uh, yeah. that Stanford team losing in the women's final four last in the final four last night on a on a layup at the with about three seconds left against Texas A and M. But the Hall of Fame to me is always one of those great ways to stir up a debate because you start asking yourself who got in, who didn't. And where you know are some of these people that are on the outside looking in more deserving than the people in there, um, you know we talked a lot about Reggie Miller during All Star Weekend right. not being a part of this this group that was going to have a chance to get in. And I know Reggie's the end of his career is is, is much more recent than Mullies or some of these other guys. But you gotta you gotta believe that Reggie Miller, you know, goes in eventually. Um, but to me, Rodman of all the people on the list, to me, Rodman is the one that's probably most re- you know most rewarding. Um, only because there was a, there was a stretch where I wasn't sure he was going to get the benefit of the doubt and get in, even yeah. with that outstanding resume. I mean, the, yeah. sim- the simple fact that you can lead the league in rebounding for five years plus, right? Consistently, yeah. year in and year out. To me. That can't go overlooked for the simple fact that okay he might have painted his fingernails, you know, <laughs> painted I mean, more than his fingernails. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 can't be the sticking point to yeah. to keeping them out. And I'm glad that the the committee can 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 see through that, see right. past that. Right. I would love to know who is the committee. Like who? That's the one thing about the Hall million of Million dollar question right there. Yeah. The the big problem, well, not problem, but just the thing that's always been sort of the question is 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 transparency. And right. Who are the voters? Where are the votes coming from? Why didn't Reggie Miller make the finals ballot this time? Right. Um, you know, and there's things that you just don't know the answer to and then never do get answered. And that's kind of how the Hall of Fame works. The other thing is, you know, and I, I, I always remind people, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the basketball exactly. Hall of Fame. Exactly. So, you know, and a guy like Arvita Sabonis, people just remember him playing on the Blazers and having bad knees and not being able to get up and down the court. But, you know, you talk to guys – who played in Europe, and there's these stories about how he was like Shaq, you know, yeah. in the set, yeah. like 20 years ago, and, and no one ever saw that in the in the U.S. So I I think there's a whole lot of things there that, that make it an interesting thing to to argue about or talk about. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was a time when there was a conversation going on that Sabonis was the best player in the world, mm-hmm. yeah. like literally the best player on the planet when he was young and, and in his prime. Now, when he got to the NBA, obviously he was like a 30 year old rookie or whatever. I mean, right. you didn't see him at that penultimate point of his career where he was just a dominant, you know, behemoth, you know, light on his feet with all that skill. And, um, I mean, we, you remember some of the stuff he used to go through, Shaq bullying him. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good years. Good times right there. Yeah, I mean, it was, so it was, a, it was a different Arvita Sabonis that we saw, uh, you know, during his NBA career. Lang, one of the reasons Lamont is here. You know, in addition to being one of our, our our main partners and the guy who rolls with the with the Hang Time podcast all the time, anyway, he and I have been talking recently. The the dunk ladder has has become kind of a a feeding ground for arguments as well, and you know we love a good argument. Absolutely. Uh, 
this idea that when a player and, and Blake Griffin has been guilty of this this season where he, he goes up and dunks or what looks to be a dunk right. and he th- you know and the ball is end up ends up being thrown into the basket or whatever right and we're trying to figure out there's no technical way of qualifying a that kind of dunk and then the kind that you hang on the rim so mm-hmm. since you run the dunk ladder we figured who better to come on and you know kind of explain it and then maybe we can come up with a with a way of qualifying a dunk and then what do, I don't even know what we call the other ones that's the thing I mean, <laughs> I mean we we've always called big time dunks throw downs we may need to start calling these throw in dunks right throw downs <laughs> right because to me in essence that's exactly what it looks like to me and it's it's hard to say that that's a dunk when you coming up growing up little kid you want to touch the rim first right. thing you want to do is grab the net right then you want to grab the rim then you want to put it all together throw the basket and throw the ball through the rim yeah while grabbing the rim right and so at the end of the day i i, I can't side with that particular play the Mozgov play right there have been a couple other ones throughout the, the season almost dunk yeah with over Gortat right exactly it wasn't you know? actually a, a, an allowable play I guess because of, you know the charge mm-hmm. Lang right. what, in, in your estimation how do we qualify that because you remember I think all y'all remember Dwight Howard's Superman dunk in I was the, about uh, to bring that up yeah in the dunk contest wasn't yeah, actually a he won the dunk contest with that. Yeah, you, <laughs> right? Yeah, he won. He won. And it was it was voted on by a former dunk champions. I know, I know. So, so I mean, I think it should count. I mean, well, I can't do any of this stuff. So I th- if, you can, <laughs> if you can jump over anyone or get near the rim, hey, that, that's good for me. I'll count it. No, yeah, I mean, mean, it's just an interesting debate, though. I mean, like, Woody. I yeah, mean, because there are some people now that are dunk purists all of a sudden who, <laughs> right. you know, freaking out because they they're upset that every time Blake Griffin does anything. It's got to be it's the best a, thing yeah. you've ever seen in your life. Right. And so now here is the argument that I have been hearing. It's, it takes a little bit more athleticism to even do these plays. You have right. to get that much more higher than an actual, you know, a, a real typical right. dunk mm-hmm. to get the angle to not only throw it in, but to, for it to actually, you know, go through the rim. Right. To score the play. And so that I kind of I kind of like that argument because, I mean, that, that to me, the angles are important. Right. But, but I'm not I'm not I'm still not sold. I'm not sold. And I mean, convince me. Convince me, Seiko. What's going on? What how you feel about it? Well, you know what? My big thing about the I don't think that you should be rewarded for throwing one in if it's just a at you know, just some regular play. Right. Now if Dwight Howard or Blake Griffin happen to get up in the air and somebody grabs them or they get knocked sideways and they still throw it in. I'm willing to give a man who spends a lot of his time in the air and above. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But nobody's going to let you discriminate like that. Right. You know, nobody's going to let you give it to Dwight and give it to Blake Griffin or whoever else is that you used to playing like that, and then tell JJ Redick or you know, uh, I don't know, Ronnie Price that you know your little, you know, when you go up and, and toss one in and barely touch the rim, that that's the same thing. I don't, right. I don't think it's fair to to discriminate like that. But I do have a problem with this idea that, you know, you want to call every everything can, can be called a dunk because some of these things just technically are not. Like if you throw it in and you end up – your hand brushes the nets on its mm-hmm. way down, you know, it's just not I – don't, I don't know that you can – I don't know that you can label that a dunk. I Our thing used to be – and this is – 
obviously it, as a spectator, I was I was not one of the people that was doing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in high school, we had a guy I went to high school with. He said that it, it wasn't technically a dunk unless you actually yanked the rim down a little bit. And I thought that was interesting because we had guys on on, my, on the high school team who would go up and try and dunk, and they'd go up, and they, I mean, it wouldn't even rattle the, the backboard at all. It would just go up, and they'd barely touch the top of the rim and throw the ball in. He was right. like, ah, that's not a dunk. He's like, you got to go up and actually break it down a little bit, and, you know, people got to see the brim bounce a little bit, if, right. you know, for it to be a, a technical dunk. So you could you could argue, you could literally argue that there are some, some ways to to start qualifying this, which, like I said, would be a great – Idea. I mean, I don't know the dunk ladder. Uh oh. We can start it. We can start some madness here now. This could be a. <laughs> Talk to me. This could this could be something that gets gets rolling. Lamont, just think how about, about this. It. How about this for the ruling? Is you know it when you see it. <laughs> you know what? That Good. right there. I like that. You know it when you see it. I like that. You know it when you see it. Okay, let me ask you this though. You've seen the Steve Nash commercial, you know, with the with the little kid talking about right. you're going to be great. Right. He goes up with that little tweener of a. Dunk. Is that a dunk? Yeah. Was it when you saw it? Was it a dunk? When I saw it, it was a dunk. Yeah, yeah. It's a dunk then. You know it when you see it. I like that. That's a, that's the new motto. <laughs> that's the new definition for a dunk in the NBA. Micah stamped. Get Stu Jackson on the phone real quick so we can. Uh... <laughs> you know a Hall of Famer when that. you see a Hall of Famer. Exactly. It's a dunk or not? Exactly. You know, I like that one too. You know a Hall of Famer when you see one. Oh, you know what? God, good grief! We left Mo Cheeks off that list. Oh, we Think did. about that, Mo Cheeks. Now that that's another guy. On that Hall of Fame list that I thought about, and I was like, "Ooh, Mo Cheeks is just now getting in." You know, it may it may take him a little time. You know, I mean, it, great career, but as definitive as as let's say, I mean, I'm gonna throw his name out there one more Uh-oh. time, a Rodman, right? You know, I uh, mean, Cheeks is on the list. I mean, yeah, definitely. Good for him. He'll, he will be there. Elected so. to the Hall of Fame. I mean, good for good for Mo Cheeks. I, I tell you what, there are so many. When you think about the list of names of players who have who've done damage in the league, man, you forget how few of them have have been elected to the Hall of Fame. Again, Lang, because you said it's not just the NBA Hall of Fame. Right. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame because we had an argument uh, on the jump one day, uh, 3D and uh, Brent Barry, myself, Kyle Montgomery, we were talking about it, and I was arguing for Christian Leitner. And I think, Lang, we did that on the beat last year. Um, you remember that? that oh, that's right. Yeah. That roundtable we had too, yeah, where we talked about who, and who, I argued for Rodman at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm seriously, you can laugh at Leighton all you want, but you got to remember, this is arguably, after Bill Walton and Lou Alcindor, this guy might have had the greatest college career ever. And Tim Duncan, <laughs> I guess, but Tim Duncan didn't win championships like these guys. The Arguably the greatest college career of all time. How do you not get in the Hall of Fame like that? I also, whenever people are like, I've heard this a few times where people bring up Grant Hill, and they're like, does Grant Hill make – and I'm like, he definitely makes it, if nothing else, for what he did in college. You would think. You know? You I mean, think. It's, it's a Hall of Fame. It's not just uh, it's not just the NBA. It's everything he did, and, and that should – I think what he did in college combined with what he's done in the NBA definitely should get him in. Yeah. My question is, why don't we just create an NBA Hall of Fame? You are asking the wrong people because a few years ago when I went up to the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies with Dominique Wilkins – that was one of the questions people were talking, you know, were asking then, like, why would it take certain guys should be shoe ins? They were like, why would it take a guy this long to get into the to the Naismith Hall of Fame? And they're like, well, he, you're, you're basing it just on what he did as a pro, you know, or in the NBA, not as 
his entire career. And then there right. are these people that get in internationally um, that, you know, that some domestic basketball fans have never heard of. Right. But their their service to, to the game worldwide maybe is much greater than anybody here realizes. So it's I don't I don't know how you would do it, Micah, because that means you would start making this division between the the governing bodies and sanctioning bodies of the game. Um and, and for the most part they've worked in concert pretty well. The FIBA, the NBA, you know, Naismith mm-hmm. and everybody. I mean for over the years they've they've obviously had a really good working relationship. I don't know how that would how that would sell with a lot of people. Maybe we could just start our own, you know, around here. Well, look, I mean, college, you know, college basketball, I mean, sorry, college football has its own Hall of Fame. Pro football has its own Hall of Fame. I don't see why they can't, you know, be, you know, mutually uh, beneficial to each other. Yeah. Where would we put it? I mean, you know, Springfield is already. What about the the Hang Time Hall of Fame? (laughs) (laughs) You can get on the Hang Time Hall of Shame, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) We're a lot better with the with lists that, that go the opposite direction. But you know, what New York, did? they would try to claim it though. Yeah, New York would try to claim. It. Right, the Hang Time Hall of Fame is the That Guy Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> what if you did it like somewhere in like middle of the I don't know the NBA Hall of Fame? You'd have maybe you do it in like a city that has a lot of NBA history, either New York or Boston or um, LA. I mean, it'd have to be yeah. in, it'd have to be in one of those cities where. You know, there are a lot of banners hanging or something. I mean, you got to have a hook for it somewhere. Okay, so yeah. this is this is this is NBA. Nothing, nobody, nobody else. Who do you start with? Do you do like a, a top all five starting lineup to kick off your first inaugural class? No, you just go. I mean, you could just take the list of the top. Well, no, that's a good question. Well, oof. And and, and then again, if you do NBA, is it not? Does it exclude your your ABA? Hmm. That's you know, it, right? Tenure. I mean, yeah. So Maybe some guys were professional, so, professional basketball hall of fame. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. So I mean, it's because obviously <laughs> baseball incorporated like the Negro leagues and you know stuff like that. Right. I mean, certainly wouldn't want to leave out right. You know, ABA players, things like that. But I think you know, if it's just professional. Yeah, because well, if you did, uh, if you did the professional, you you know, you'd have to include some of those early leagues, and I mean, does that include? Globetrotters and all that, you know what I'm saying? All the way back, to, I don't, right. you know, I don't know. Well, like today, Goose Tatum got got voted in or, right. or whatever a Globetrotter. Um, maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe just doing a basketball Hall of Fame is the best idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> they have a point there. Maybe, maybe they leave it the way it is, and we just got to get a stronger, you know, lobby for NBA <laughs> players or pro. You maybe know. we're the idiots here. <laughs> <laughs> don't go too far, Lane. <laughs> but again, a, a very, very interesting way to to kick off a monster week in basketball tonight. Uh, you know, Monday night, obviously the NCAA tournament wraps up with a kind of a surprise. You know, two teams battling it out for the championship. Um, UConn and Butler. We had Karan Butler on mm-hmm. la- on uh, episode fifty of the Hang Time podcast talking up his. His Huskies, and, and they took care of the business, certainly on the men's side. The women went down um, to Notre Dame last night. But very interesting that, you know, Kimba Walker, who's probably, if you talk about a guy whose NBA stock went up more than anybody else's probably in this tournament, is Kimba Walker. So we'll get a chance to watch him one last time tonight. Maybe, you know, maybe cash in and win a, win a championship. Maybe not. Lang, when you look at Kimba, 
NBA comparison or NBA feel? Like, where do, how do you see his game translating to the next level? It's a really good question. To me, uh, he seems – you know, he reminds me a little bit of Johnny Flynn when he was at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a great scorer. Uh, he's really quick, fast. I, I, you know, I, I, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. So much of it to me is going to be what team he ends up with and what system he's asked to play, who his right. teammates are, all those things. Um, who does he remind you of? Somebody asked me this last week on Twitter, and I and I, I said this, you know, just uh, just watching him that specific game. He mm-hmm. reminds me. He reminds me of like a much better version of Sham God Wells, and that's not. I love Sham Guy when he's in college. Right. Mm-hmm. So believe me, that's not a knock. I'm saying I thought Sham Guy was going to be a great pro. And it, for whatever reasons, it just didn't work out. What but, are you talking about? He was a great pro. In, well, I mean, uh, yeah. China. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to be a great NBA player. I just thought, man, this dude with all this, all these handles, all you know, all this wiggle, he, he could do some damage in the NBA. But Kimba's like a, a better shooting version to me mm-hmm. of a Sham Guy type player. Because I think the size thing is something you really have to, to take into consideration. I'm watching him shake hands at the end of some of these games and realize, man, he's shorter than I thought he was. I thought he was like six three. That's right. what I'm you know, thinking he is. Right and here. he's clearly not. He's clearly not six three. But I mean, what does he look like to you, Lamont? I mean, does he look like a an NBA point guard to you? I mean, as we've seen with the with the new you know new flow of point guards coming into the league, your John Walls, your Derrick Roses, your Stephen Curry's. You say all of these on the undersized, or they right. they don't have that it factor. Then they get here, and they all of a sudden up. it clicks. Yeah. So I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, We've I, talked I, about that, too, about how you tend to underrate these guys. Almost every guy, like you see him in college, you're like, well, you know, yeah. he's – I don't know if that's going to translate. And then almost every one of those guys turns out to be <laughs> even a little bit better than you thought they right. were going to be. I think because you'd rather err on the side of caution with most of them. Wow, yeah. I mean, it's – it's interesting, man. I said it about Chris Paul, man. Look oh, who, you did. Look who's a fool now. Right? Yeah. Well, that that judging that that transition from college to the to the NBA, it, it's tough because you don't watch. You know, some of us don't watch enough college basketball to have a, a, a great gauge of what a guy might do. Um, and our first guest on the podcast this week is a prime example of shutting up a lot of people who thought they knew how good a guy would be in the NBA based on what he did in college. Landry Fields from the hey. New York Knicks is joining us. Landry, how you doing, man? Doing well. How you doing? Good, good. We were, we were just talking about uh, Kimball Walker and what kind of pro he would make mm-hmm. um, based on what we've seen of him, you know, in the tournament and throughout his college career. Is it interesting to you to, to be on the other side of that now, watching the way some of these college kids get examined and poked during the tournament and, you know, in, in that process between the end of their college careers to now going towards the draft? Uh, based on the way people did the same thing to you, and just to try to figure out how good of a pro you would be. Yeah, it's it's real interesting now. You know, you look at my situation, and you know, not a lot of people had me going where I was going. So, you know, all it is for those kind of guys is just go out there, you know, block out all the negative, and just go out there and uh, you know, kind of do work. You know, play with a chip on your shoulder. Landry, this is a uh, Lang Whitaker from Slam Magazine. We were talking about the same sort of subject. What do you think? Talking about these college guys, what do you think we should be looking at that we don't look at? That these guys are, are guys like yourself are being overlooked as obviously being very good NBA players. But what what is there to look at that we that we're for whatever reason we're not looking at? Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a certified scout right now, but uh, <laughs> you know, with, with with certain guys, 
you know, you could tell a lot by a player by some intangibles, you know, how hard he works, you know, how willing he is to win and do whatever it takes to win. I think that mm-hmm. goes, you know, very, very far with players and, uh, and their longevity of, of how good they actually could be. You know, add some skill sets in with that kind of attitude, you know, they can be as good as they want to be. No question. Hey, Landry Lamont Callaway, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, um, just looking at what you've had to go through, I mean, I know you just you just spoke about you know having to have the heart, having to have the drive, the desire to actually to win in this in this league right now. I mean, what's been some of the differences that you've seen, especially now that you guys are you know clinched the playoff spot? You know, how how was it going to to up the ante in a few weeks? Um, I mean, right now it is great to clinch uh, a playoff spot. It's something that, that we've been you know working hard for all year. Uh, now it's just you know getting that steamboat rolling, you know, so by the time the playoffs hit, you know, we got everything together, you know, we're clicking on all the right levels, uh, trying to play mistake-free basketball, so I think uh, these next few games are very important for us, so by the time we do get to the playoffs, you know, we can be ready and, uh, you know, hopefully go far. Landry, so many people, you know, have been putting the Knicks under under the microscope since that, that trade, um, and you obviously had a transition period that you had to go through just coming into the league, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about how tough that is to take away as much as you guys did and add these new pieces. How tough was that to for you to adjust and for some of those other guys who were left over to adjust to playing with Carmelo and, and Chauncey and, and basically rearranging the entire deck for y'all midseason like that? Uh, I mean, it's pretty tough. I think that's you know kind of how we got into a little downfall there with you know losing uh, a few games, but. Um, you know, I know beforehand, you know, the offense was completely different, uh, a lot of ball movement and stuff like that. But now we bring, we bring in players that are that are very good uh, in terms of the isolation. So, you know, the whole offense has kind of changed. It's kind of like we needed a training camp, you know, to get through that. But I think, you know, with some of the games that we've been through, we're starting to see, you know, where we can be most successful and where other guys uh, could be most successful in the offense. So uh, it's been a little, a little troubling. I know – especially for me individually because I was so used to, you know, the old offense. You know, now it's something different. So now I'm going through a whole other process. But, uh, you know, hopefully by playoff time I'll be rolling with it. Yeah. You mentioned, Landry, you trying to adjust. So with, with Melo and Amar now, where do you fit in now specifically? I know with when before Melo was there, you did a lot of, like, spotting up and on the perimeter. Is that still sort of your where they're going to use you, or where do you think you fit in now? Yeah, uh, that's still – you know, something that, that I think I can bring to this offense. But also now it's kind of doing things where, you know, I don't necessarily need the ball to be successful. You know, that's kind of how I started off in this season before I, I really got comfortable on the offense and started mm-hmm. scoring more. But now, you know, you got you know, guys like Chauncey, Mello, and Amari who, who who take the brunt of the whole offense, you know, in terms of the scoring with me. I think it's just going out there, making hustle plays, trying to bring the team chemistry up, and then defensively, uh, you know, talking, trying to do all the best I can. The little things that might not show up in the stat sheet, but things that are going to help us win. So I think once I get back to that, you know, uh, kind of get, you know, an extra level of that, everything else will come. Yeah. Uh, you haven't exactly, uh, you know, had a had a rough time transitioning from a West Coast guy to a New York guy. We've been, we've been looking at some of these, uh, the, <laughs> the Andy and Landry show, uh, 
this yeah. is this is special stuff, man. You, have you have you been talking to Comedy Central at all about getting a little something going on? <laughs> no, not yet, but <laughs> definitely hit them up. I mean, that all <laughs> that all came about. Me and Andy, we just kind of clicked uh, when we got out here. You know, two new rookies coming to New York, and day by day process, and, and our and our personalities just kind of mesh with each other. And everybody's been joking around. Oh, you two should have your own show. <laughs> and I, I jokingly said it to my agency one day, and they kind of took it to heart. And then all of a sudden, we were in Times Square filming. I was like, man, what the heck? We were just joking, but. Oh well, people seem to like it. You know, if they continue to like it, maybe we'll take it a little bit farther. Yeah. What have you? What have your teammates had to say? Like some of your older teammates, I'm sure they get a kick out of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, actually, in the game yesterday, they showed a, a little clip on uh, on the big screen in the timeout, and everybody just happened to look up. I was like, oh man. Even some of the coaches were looking up, like really, Landry. I was like, hey man, I've been working on this. You guys know about this. Don't act like this is brand new. Right. Well, but, you, uh, you I mean, they joke around with it. A lot of them said that you know they enjoy it too. Yeah. I mean, you talk about your film, but what about Mellow on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I haven't even caught that yet. I, I haven't recorded, so I'm going to have to go home and, and uh, see what that's all about. But who knows? I I think that'll show a lot about Mellow's personality. Landry, I know you were a, a Cali guy growing up and in college and stuff. How do you like New York? What, what, I live in New York City, too. What do you think about this winter we went through? Like, What's it been like for you? <laughs> I was, I, it's, it's a constant joke with me. Uh, just because I can't stand the weather. I, like you said, I'm from Cali, so our winters are like 56 degrees. Your winters are just <laughs> below zero, stuff like that. And now that it's springtime, I feel like it should be getting hot, but I feel like I'm going through a California winter now. But, you know, other than that, it's all good. Uh really enjoy the people and the whole atmosphere. Uh, it's kind of up-paced lifestyle, but, you know, getting used to it is nice. Landry, this the the playoff picture is kind of shaping up. Um, like Lamar mentioned, you guys have already knocked knocked that out of the way and got your playoff uh, bid confirmed. But now comes the question of who do you get? You know, in that first round series, could be Miami. You know, could be Boston potentially, depending on how the, these last uh, games break down. I, I'm not sure if Chicago is in danger. Depends they they'd have to they'd have to stumble a little bit. But who do you, do you guys even care? Who you see in the first round is just a matter of getting there and then turning it up to another level and and, and trying to make some noise. Yeah, really, it, it was just a matter about getting there. I don't think we really care who we see in the first round because I know it's going to be a lot about us and uh, mm. and how we can control our own destiny. So you know, whoever it is, you know, we're going to try and play them tough and hopefully take it from there. Do you remember some like right now? It's set up where it looks like it might be New York, Miami in the in the first round. Do you remember? Growing up, some of those those Knicks Heat series from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I can't say that I that I have. <laughs> I've been on the Cal- I, I'm sorry, I've been on the West Coast my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting out here is my first taste of it all. Yeah, and and Lang said a couple of years ago, Landry, like it happened four or five years ago. It's actually been over a decade since. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the the Knicks haven't exactly uh, dipped their toes in the playoff water in quite some time. Is it is it a good feeling for you knowing? that you're there at a time when the franchise is clearly moving back into that that territory where, you know, you're talking playoffs every year and being respected around the league and just doing some big things? Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting for me to come in this year, uh, make the contributions that I have, and then also go to the playoffs. And like you said, it's been so long. So I, really, it's just a blessing to be here this first year and having gone through this my rookie year. 
That's good to know. Well, listen, Landry, we appreciate you joining us on the Hang Time Podcast, man. We are going to look be on the lookout, no doubt, for more of uh, you and Andy Routen stuff. Um, send us some early copies of whatever you got. We'd love to throw them up on NBA.com and let people check them out. And certainly the Knicks in the playoffs, man. Congratulations on a great rookie year and, and more of that to come in the playoffs. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Okay, man. Take care. Thanks, Andre. Bye-bye. I, I like uh, – I like his attitude, though, about, you know, New York could overwhelm a lot of people, um, you know, to go mm-hmm. clear across the country for your first NBA experience. Um, and, Lang, I think I talked about this with Mike Woodson one time. You know, he went, got drafted by the Knicks and uh, mm-hmm. out of Indiana. So we were laughing. I was just asking him, like, how much of a culture shock was that for you, you know, going from from Indianapolis, you go to school in Bloomington, and then your first NBA experience is in the Big Apple. And he was just like – I was so unprepared for the lifestyle and just the pace of New York. Landry Fields, from everything I've seen, and we had him on the jump earlier this year where he was doing the, the deal with Dick Sporting Goods, I think it was, where he was clowning around and selling his own jerseys, you know, in Dick's. I mean, he's a guy that's I think really, it was Models. What was it? Well, I'm sorry. You're right. It was Models. Yeah. You're right. But um, just completely diving in to to the feel and atmosphere and that, and that pace of New York, which is much – much more brisk than it might be other places. I think also people may not realize, like, if if you want to, if you're a player here in New York City, you know, the Knicks practice facility isn't in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> right. It's it's about a half hour north of the city, and a lot of the guys will live up there, and it's quiet, and it's it looks like, you know, a suburb of Atlanta or something. It's a lot of trees and quiet and um, but you, I mean, you still have to deal with the city. You have to come in for the games and yeah. you know things in the community, those things. But you don't have to live right in the center of it all. And and there's ways to avoid getting too caught up in all the madness that can come with living in New York City. And I think um, Landry has done a really good job of of being of the city, but not you know getting caught up in all that. Yeah, that's you gotta you gotta help him out, Lang. You've been there long enough. You gotta show him. You gotta show him the places to go and not to go, man. <laughs> if he wants to come hang out, he can. I'm watching got TV on. And <laughs> you do realize this is not vacation. It was vacation. You you decided to take. You just you got you can't you can't be sitting home watching Sanford the Sun reruns all day. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Smitty's gonna loan me those videotapes. <laughs> uh, Micah, a quick question to our, our super producer back here. Uh, when when we run down the list of people we've had on the podcast this year, and we've had a ton. I mean. Great guests, obviously, a lot of players, a lot of, uh, you know, ex-players and this and the other. We got to put together, like, our our greatest guest show maybe for for the summer. Like, go back and splice together some of these different interviews we've had. Because I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't listen to this stuff and, and have a totally different feel for some of these people and players and, and other people affiliated with the game, you got to be crazy. I mean, Landry Fields, I just thought about this. Landry Fields, you already said – Grown up his whole life in California and is in the midst of a humongous season, a rookie season in New York, and they're in the playoffs. Did you hear any nervousness at all in this dude's Well, I mean, this dude's a pro. You know, for mm-hmm. people to assume he was not going to be a good pro, I think it's it's not just about how you play. Sometimes it's about the makeup of the person and, the, you know, and how you will handle the rigors and the attention and all the other stuff that goes along with being in the NBA. And we've seen some rookies, talented players, but who are not prepared for the other things that come with it. Landry Fields is like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to compare him to another guy, but he reminds me of, 
of you know one of these seasoned guys who plays it like Duke or somewhere, you know. And see, I was and gonna, they come I, in I, with that. Yeah, I was gonna say Shane Betty. Yeah, yeah, like a guy who comes yeah. in knowing that that it's bigger than just the game. Like you know, there's these other parts that come along with being a pro that you have to be prepared for. And you got to commend them for being able to do that in the Big Apple. Yeah, in New York. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's impressive. I, uh, yet another person, like I said, we have on the podcast who who pleasantly surprises me and I hope our listeners with just how well-rounded and how smooth they are about this whole process. I'm going to tell you what's been smooth. Post-50, this is what y'all do up in the high dog right now? <laughs> this is how y'all, I, I dig this. This is the, how we rock. Yeah, you know, the indoor pool, the outdoor pool. <laughs> exactly. Got the bowling alley. You exactly. Know, y'all doing all right. Lane is in there, Lane is in there getting a uh, pedicure right now. I mean, you know, you <laughs> think he was, you know, working and slaving away, but if his boss is only new. You know, Man. what goes on when we tape the podcast, baby? You got to love it. Micah, let's clarify. Let's clarify. You said Lane. Right? <laughs> yeah, I said Lane Crow. I'm talking about Lane Crow. So <laughs> right. I engineered it. I'm not talking about Lang. He's at home getting a uh, Swedish massage. His pedicure is much later this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's going to get the hot rock massage at some point this afternoon, man. But uh, you know what? I, I I would bring up another piece of this week and next week that's going on that we haven't really talked about on the show. And we and we touched on it with Landry, but these playoff matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week, Lang, I think we were talking about like which one would be the hottest, you know, or which one do you think would have the most fireworks? But teams got big scares this past weekend. Shaq went down, came back and played for five minutes. Yeah, and, and strong. And five then minutes. yeah, looked good. Looked good. Had a reverse layup and fell out on the floor. Looked like you know old Shaq. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lakers, Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum went down in the same game. Chris Paul went to, got his knee banged. Went down. Kobe last week, I don't know if you saw this. I got some emails from people about this. Fazenko from Utah, uh, uh, late Friday night, looked like he banged knees, you know, or bang, his knee banged Kobe's leg, which you've seen how big Fazenko is from Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a, that's like a, you know, a seven foot bear banging into you. I mean, and he, he smacked Kobe's leg pretty good. I mean, how nervous must teams be in these last few games about, Certain guys getting injured. Tim Duncan, you know, the Spurs had to deal with it a couple weeks back with Tim Duncan. How nervous must people be right now trying to finish yeah. the regular season and get to the postseason healthy? I think for Even, the, uh, I think for Dwayne the Wade part, also uh-huh. yesterday, I was going to say, Dwayne Wade bumped, got his thigh bumped and was out for a little bit and then yeah, came back. Yeah, but you know, but Wade is like uh, – Fall down seven times. Yeah, you know, yeah I'm so used to Wade <laughs> going down and getting back up that it doesn't even it doesn't even phase me. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. get worried about Wade. I think for the most part, though, looking at the the, the landscape of the actual seedings and standings right now, nothing is for certain. Yeah. So, I don't think teams can can they have the luxury of saying, you know, what well, we're going to shut down our guys right now. We're yeah. going to just coast to the playoffs. No, there's still a lot at stake right now. Yeah. That's up for grabs that a lot of these people are trying to get in. I mean, injury or not, you got to go for yours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we got teams that are still trying to make the playoffs. Obviously, um, you know that that A spot in the East, Indiana really. Has a has a nice edge on Charlotte and Milwaukee. You you would figure that they if they can hold on, you know they should be in good standing. But then in the West, they're jockeying for position now. Basically, exactly. um, New Orleans and Memphis. You know, trying to figure out who gets the luxury of playing the Lakers or the Spurs in the first round. Um, I used and I mean in Houston was given a given a good push. Phoenix obviously tried and 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 came up short without you know no Nash over the weekend. Um, Lang, are you surprised at all at the teams that we're looking at talking about still trying to clinch playoff bursts? Memphis, New Orleans, 
in in the West, and Portland obviously is in the sixth spot. Um, would would appear to be on the path to to taking care of that business. But did you expect to see the Grizzlies and the Hornets in down there at the bottom of that playoff pool when the season began? Maybe not when the season began. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was thinking we like two weeks ago on on the beat on NBA TV. We did like, what team do you think is going to make it into the playoffs, and what team isn't going to make it in, and. And but so far nothing's changed. <laughs> I know. So, Indiana still has that eight spot. New Orleans and Memphis and Portland are still at the bottom of the West. Houston and Phoenix haven't been able to get in there. Um, so maybe it won't change going into the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, you you wonder because you're right. We did make a big deal about. It. I think I did the same thing, kind of a race for eight thing, mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago or last week on the uh, Hangtime blog on NBA.com and. I listed the teams, you know, the four teams I thought as of that day that were in the mix for the A spot. And, man, I got lit up by some people, you know, when I, we did the Western Conference thing because I didn't mention the fact that the Hornets might be giving up the spot they had and back down in that mix for eight. And sure enough, it is up for grabs, you know, between yeah. between them and Memphis. And uh, even Port- I guess if Portland lost, you know, three straight or something crazy, knock on wood, yeah. we're not, certainly not uh, rooting for them to lose three straight, but – I mean, there there's still some flux at the bottom of the standings. I think the David West injury that was the yeah. You know, I mean yeah. that that really hurts New Orleans. And if Chris Paul is injured, then they're you know they're really in trouble. But uh, David West going down really put them into a, a flux and a hard situation. And you know, he meant so much to that team in so many different ways that I, he's a hard guy to, to replace or, or to even just not even replace, just fill in for. Yeah. We got to give a lot of credit though to Memphis. I mean, they lost Rudy Gay. Yeah, I know they the, lost Rudy the Gay. Hang time Grizzlies. You mean, you, that's right, baby. We have been riding, the, we have been riding the Grizzlies train for almost two years now. It's, and it's about to pay off. I don't want to jinx them. Um, but you know, I'm hoping Lionel Hollins will break out the Kangol's for uh you know shoot arounds during the playoffs and the whole nine yards. I'm I'm looking forward to it and I'm like I said I'm crossing my fingers. I don't want to jinx I want to jinx my Grizzlies, but uh, I want to see Zebo you know in the playoffs. I just want to see these guys that that group and I hate that Rudy Gay won't be yeah able to yeah. play with him, but uh speaking of a playoff period. I'm I'm thinking about it. I got the scruff going right now. I've been thinking I I know the Magic are doing it and some other teams Grizzlies are talking about it. Um, but speaking of the playoffs, Lang, I saw this flash on Twitter on Slam Online. Mo Williams, I mean, or Lou Williams, excuse me, is done for uh, the Philadelphia 76 said he's done for the regular season, talking about guys who got injured. Um, wow. And that, you know, that's a blow uh, to the Sixers, who have been playing really well uh, yeah. the second half of the season. Losing Lou Williams could be, you know, a devastating blow for them. Not that they, you, you think they're going to upset Miami or Boston or whoever they face in the first round, but just for the competitiveness of that series and, and how they play, that that's that could be a tough, tough loss. Um, you know, for a team you're talking about this really the sum of its parts as opposed to being led by one or two guys alone. And that's definitely a key in my in my opinion for the playoffs. You gotta have depth. Yeah. Depth is really gonna help you, you know, get over that edge, you know, especially in a series if you if you're facing Boston, whose depth is suspect debatably you know right whatever you want to go with that you know but that's you know lou williams ooh. i know I mean, yeah yeah kate fagan just him. tweeted it from the inquirer this year yeah. the regular season but he hopes to be ready for the playoffs <sighs> um you know and but didn't the hawks are the hawks are pretty much locked into that five spot yeah i think they could have clinched it last night and they lost but 
they're like right on the verge of like Philly's four games behind Atlanta right now for the five spot. And right. so I think for Philly, it's probably going to be about just trying to sit in that six spot, not getting called by New England, uh, New York or Indy. Um, and then getting Lou healthy for the playoffs because he, he means a ton to that team coming off the bench and, and filling so many roles for them. I, you know, when you start thinking about who who a team could ill afford to lose come playoff time, you know, uh, and this is more just hypothetics. I hate I don't even like talking about injuries and stuff like that. But who do you think is the most indispensable player on any one team? The and most this, valuable player. Th- this is not to stir up the most valuable debate, um, <laughs> which which John Schumann and Steve Ashburner and all of our, our good friends John Hollinger from ESPN dot com and everybody did pretty well at late last week and over the weekend. I I don't even want to dive back into that one, even though we do have a Chicago guy in here with us today, Lang. We could we could let Lamont uh, go off on a ten minute rant about D Rose, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, who's the most indispensable player on a playoff team right now? You think? Um, of, I mean, out of everybody, like who's the one guy so. who cannot his team cannot afford to lose him and have any chance to do anything in the playoffs? I mean, you talking to a Chicago guy? <laughs> you know, that that ring is definitely in sight. <laughs> you can't lose D Rose, and people talk about we rely too much on D Rose, and mm-hmm. the Bulls rely too much on D Rose. To a certain extent, they do, but he gets it done, yeah. and you don't want to lose the person that's getting it done for you. Yeah. yeah. And, so you, I, I still, I still think Kobe should be talked about, um, yeah. just for what he means to the Lakers, and and not even statistically, but leadership and and right. all the other like intangibles like Landry talks about all the intangible stuff. Yeah, Kobe, that becomes more and more evident the longer his career goes along. I think, um, and I, I think, but I think Lamont's right on with with D Rose. Um, you know, I, I know we had Schumann last week was talking about. That you know the the Bulls are whatever 14th in offense, or they were at the time, and yeah. and that doesn't mean that much. But to me, if you you know they don't really have a lot of other options on there offensively <laughs> other than Boozer and um, and Rose uh, that can create for themselves. And you know, and I, I think Rose means a ton to that team. Yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm looking at it and looking at the field of teams. You know, you you start running down the list and like, well, who could. You know, let's let's look at them by by conference. Chicago, D Rose, Miami, you know, LeBron, Andy Wade, Boston, you know, Paul Pierce, KG, Orlando, Dwight. I mean, and I, this by no means to me is a is a bullet for uh, the Dwight for MVP campaign, but you take him off of the Magic, like just say, all right, Dwight's not playing in the playoffs. Do you even? I don't. I don't even know. If, I don't know how many games they win without the Dw- Dwight. They are playing the Hawks, though. So let's be. Don't fair. start bashing your Hawks, Micah. <laughs> don't go with that reverse psychology, Micah. You, no, I, I think that's a very good point. But and, you know, before the season started in the Slam like season preview, I picked the Magic to win the East, just thinking you got to go through Dwight Howard. Yeah, everyone in the East has to go through Dwight Howard to get to the finals. Yeah. Um, and then the team around Dwight hasn't really played up to expectations this season, but um, that's a great point. Without Dwight, you know, what what does that make Orlando? That, are they even like a top four seed? Well, because the one thing I think about whenever I'm whenever I'm talking about can you lose a guy, well, who steps in to fill part of the void? You, you're never going to totally replace an elite player like that. Miami's right. the only team in the league to me 
that can absolutely replace number one with somebody comparable. And that would be, you know, that would be if either LeBron or D Wade went down, they have another LeBron or D Wade standing there holding, you know, holding the line. I think you make a good point or case with, you know, this being a big man we're talking about. I mean, if we take it out West, where's Portland without LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, LaMarcus is another one, yeah. You know, I mean, he's... Maybe not on the same scale as, not on the same as scale. Dwight this year, but right. in that, yeah, in but, that I mean, category. You know, a lot of it isn't even just scoring. It's it's like in, with David West, you think about this, it, it's guys who demand double teams. Right. So you get them the ball, and they get doubled, and then it makes opportunities for everyone else. And, you know, sometimes like with, say, with uh, with New Orleans, with West out of... Carl Landry's playing there. Like he's not going to demand the double teams that West. Yeah, I mean you demanded, and it changes the offense for everyone else. Yeah, well, I mean they play literally. Orlando plays. Everything they do is is you know is predicated on Dwight Howard being the centerpiece. Right. Every you know, even if you took Lamarcus Aldridge you know out of the mix for Portland, they would still have. Gerald you Wallace. Know, well, Andre Miller runs. <clears throat> excuse me, runs the team. You know, yeah. runs the show. Um, Nicholas Batum, who nobody mentions in the in the most improved cat, you know, conversation or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing, to me is having a fantastic season that's really gone yeah. under the radar. Um, you know, Brandon Roy and whatever capacity you have him in is still a factor. Mm-hmm. You know, Marcus Camby, Gerald. Watt, I mean, you have four or five guys you could rely on, and then Nate McMillan, who's proved that he's capable of taking whatever group he has healthy in in battling. You know, come right. playoff time, but really. It's it's funny to me that the two guys who have been most prominent in the MVP debate are the two, would, would to me along with Kobe be arguably the most indispensable guys to their team. I don't know that you have anybody in the city of Chicago right now. Forget the Bulls. I mean, who in Chicago could could give you what Derrick Rose has given the Bulls this year? And then nobody else in Orlando could do what Dwight Howard does for that team. And and Lang, I think. Kobe, you mentioned not just the basketball, but the attitude, the will, kind yeah. of the, the 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 fight that's in that team to to try and win three in a row. As much as people say it comes from the collective or from Phil Jackson and this and the other, it comes from Kobe. I mean, I those three guys to me would be the the most absolutely most indispensable to their teams come playoff time. I can't argue with yeah. those three. And it's and it and it's. Another interesting twist, we, I mentioned the most improved player in the league this year, and we had a nice long list of guys on the blog last week that you could vote on. I don't know if you've seen this, Lamont, but uh, Marcin Gortat of the Phoenix Suns. Polish is, Hammer? Is, the Polish Hammer is flat. He flat ran away with this thing. Micah, did you see the numbers? Um that came flying in about the most improved last week. I did not realize he had such a uh, vociferous fan base. He's got a following, Lang. Do you hear me? I heard it. I'm talking about stand up Poland. Robust audience. Yes, stand up Poland, baby. They stood up for Gortat. Um, Good for him. I know, but it, it raises an interesting question to me about award season and what time of year it is. You know, you have a list of four or five names for this award, for that award. You know, there's only a couple of guys with legitimate candidates for six man. You know, there's only a couple. Most improved this year? There are guys on the most improved candidate list that are on the MVP list. You know, yeah. De- Derek Rose could win, could conceivably be a candidate for both. Um, I don't know, you know, Kevin Love. 
LaMarcus Aldridge, like we mentioned. We got all-stars. We got role players, Kyle Lowry. Um, Who are these people that said the NBA is not getting better? Well, you hear it all the time. People saying that you the know? league is weak. and I don't I don't agree, personally. I, I don't <laughs> agree one bit. Um, I got my uh, I got my ballot late last week for the postseason awards. Uh-huh. So I was actually going to spend some time this afternoon and tomorrow just crunching numbers and reading everything I can and trying to figure out what's what. Um, but the one of the things I was thinking at first thing I thought it was most improved. That one's going to be um, a bear to try to figure out <laughs> <laughs> who's the most deserving of that work. Because so many guys. Uh, or better, or, and uh, you know, I, I mean, like you said, Kevin Love is a guy who, you know, that's people say, well, he wasn't on a good team, and like David Aldridge always says, is look, if getting a double double every night is so easy, why doesn't everyone do it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's so, that simple, why did it take fifty years? You know, forty years for him to you right. know, to do it again? I mean, so, it's... or you look at a Derrick Rose. You know, yeah. I mean, he the the Bulls might be the most improved team in the NBA, and it starts with him, right? So, yeah. there's a lot there to try to figure out. Um, I you know I don't know that I'm not always as as enthused about some of these awards either. Um, some you know some to me are more interesting than others. Um, but to me, something like most improved is really it, it's a strange award because. It's not like players run around going, man, I want to be the most improved player in the NBA this year. You know what I mean? There are veteran right. players who they don't want any part of the the most improved. They, you know, they already look at themselves as whatever. Um, you know, so you would think it's a young player's award. It's something that a young guy would win. But there are players on here four or five years in the league on, on that should be on this list. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan's another guy we don't mention a ton in that conversation. Darrell Wright, who I think – you know, he's yeah. had a fantastic season yeah. in a new location. You know, because so much of it is about whatever your specific situation is as a player. You know, Chris Humphreys with the Nets, right. yeah. had, you know, had a really nice uh, breakout season. You forget about Wes Matthews in Portland, who a lot of people, you know, complained about, wow, he's getting this big contract and, you know, he's such a, a hot free agent. They weren't sure if, you know, what Portland was doing – Kyle with something Lowry. that was more than he could handle. Boom, he has a big year. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. You know, Aaron Brooks gets traded. Kyle Lowry takes over in Houston and has really, you know, been the, the fuel for their yeah. late season playoff run. Um I just I just think like you said, Lamont, who who in the world is complaining about the NBA game right now? I don't see how you could. Yeah. I mean, people always talk about oh the one and done, they're killing the league and whoopty whoopty woo. You know what? <laughs> hey, don't just pay attention to that because these guys are coming around and being surrounded by people who are trying to get better. Right. That's going to rub off on these one and done. Yeah. But you will mm-hmm. see that slow down. Though. Yeah. I do think you'll see that slow down. Mark, like I said, uh, Gortat has basically 78% of the vote on the poll on hang time, uh, on the, on the hang time blog on NBA.com, a staggering, and I mean staggering 43,612 votes cast for the Polish hammer. You, you gotta love that Micah. It's impressive. That, that, is, that is strong. <laughs> maybe we we'll get a maybe we we'll get a free trip to Portland. Out, I mean, to Poland out of this. And uh, maybe we need to get the the maybe we need to get him on the podcast. I'm sorry, I had Portland on my brain when I was talking about Poland, mostly because we're gonna dig in here with our next guest joining us now, Lang, uh, guy. We've been getting a, a a good chuckle out of some of his off the court work this year with his uh, videos. 
But uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Patty Mills is joining us now on the podcast, and uh, we we got to ask Patty, what's what's the deal, man? You you are a uh, an internet sensation with the uh, with the videos, man. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it was uh, you know an idea that me and my friend. Uh, came up with just to try and, uh, you know, raise the awareness of the disasters that have happened in Australia, um, you know, to, to try and get it out there, the word out there, so we can, you know, get as much help as, as we can. So we thought we'd come up with a little video and, and, and help for that cause, and, and it's been good. Patty, how is that going? I know we can tell people to go to wheresmyshirt.com, but uh, how's the whole uh, relief effort been coming? Yeah, it's been going really well, mate. Uh, we've been going for about six weeks now and we're just about to uh, pass uh, the 30,000 mark which is you know unbelievable from from where it started so uh, it's just been you know great to see the the amount of support that we've got from you know not only here in Portland but you know all over America to uh, to, you know to really help out Australia help out the disasters and you know it's especially been been even great to you know the Japan disaster that went down and they've still you know been uh, we're in the background trying to trying to help out Australia, so it's been unbelievable. So uh, we're trying to reach fifty thousand, so uh, we're almost there. Patty, did you get? Uh, were you surprised at all at the amount of support that's out there and the the awareness that that came from the website and the videos, or did you expect that kind of response, knowing that you're in the NBA and that you got a lot of different guys looking out like that? No, I had no idea, man. I had no idea uh, what what it was going to be like to, uh, you know, after we've done this. We just thought, look, we'll, we'll do whatever we can, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll use, uh, you know, kind of like the, the the spotlight and and the you know high profile that you know us guys are playing in the NBA. We'll take that and and use it for for this kind of stuff. So uh, you know, I guess we're we're fortunate to be in this position, but uh, you know, it's good so we can we can use it for for causes like that. But I had no idea how uh, how big it actually turned out and uh, you know, we we threw that number out there 50 grand to, to try and reach and uh yeah, it looks like we're we're going to get that uh, in the in the near future. That's great. Well, let's let's talk about the Blazers. You guys I know you last year had to deal with some injury stuff on your own, and then you got back, and now this year the Blazers have had to deal with a lot of injuries, and you guys have exceeded, I think, a lot of people's expectations. What has this season been like for you? Yeah, it's been great, man. We've, we've uh, experienced it a lot. It's been it's been great for my experience. Uh, you know, a, a roller coaster ride. I guess a lot of ups and downs, um, but it's been interesting. It, it's been a big learning curve for me. Obviously, you know, last year. Uh, um, you know, having broken my hand before the draft and then breaking my foot, um, you know, during that summer league practice and was pretty much out for, for all, of, all of last year and only playing a handful of games. So coming in this year, you know, I didn't know uh, where where my position was, but, you know, just came in here and, and you know, gave it a shot and, um, you know, waited patiently for, for my opportunity to come. And then when it did come, uh, you know, just try to make the most of it. But I think, uh, you know, that year sitting out with my foot um, and, and learning the, the ropes of, you know, being a professional uh, player in the NBA really, really, you know, taught me a lot. Patty, you, you look at the, sp- the team and, and kind of what you guys have had going on. The playoffs are here right around the corner. How do you feel this team will fare in a first-round matchup, be it, you know, whoever you you see, Dallas, whoever. How do you feel like this team, as presently constituted, will fare in that first round matchup? 
Yeah, look, this West run is, is very tough. You know, it really won't matter who we play. They're, they're all going to be tough games. But, uh, you know, I think that the most important thing is that we keep worrying, you know, worrying about ourselves and, and putting us first. And that, that's what we've been doing for, uh, you know, the, this later part of the season, um, concentrating on, you know, what we need to improve, and, and it's not much, you know, just fine-tuning a, a few things and, you know, working on the working more on the stuff that, that we're already good at and trying to get better, but um, it's been great. I think, the you know, our biggest strength on this team is uh, the camaraderie and, and how tight we we are as a, as a unit, and, um, you know, I think that in itself can, can take us a, a long way, uh, you know, with, with all the other stuff, but, uh, you know, it's, it's very exciting times at the moment, and we're just getting getting started. Patty, can you talk a little bit about basketball in Australia? I know at Slam Magazine, we for the last, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years, we've been getting tons of letters and emails and everything from Australia. People love the NBA and basketball in Australia, and I don't know if the rest of the world is is that aware that, that basketball is such a big sport there. Yeah, yeah, it is, mate. It's, uh, you know... The, the top sport that um, that you know the, the the youngsters play down down under. So uh, um, we've been, we've been doing a, a great job of, of trying to do whatever we can to uh, you know represent basketball in Australia over here in America. And uh, you know it's, it's it's been good. So uh, you know representing um, Australia playing in the NBA, but also representing the national team when we play you know at the Olympics and at the World Championships. And I think that uh, you know if we continue to do that, you know basketball will continue to rise. In Patty, I know that you, you know, have done the on the streets with Patty Cakes uh, videos <laughs> that that I've seen on Blazers.com. Do you got anything special cooked up for the playoffs? Anything that we might need to keep an eye out for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we might have a little uh, little Patty Cakes on the streets uh, <laughs> surprise playoff special in in the works, but uh, I'm not going to give too much away. It's just going to it's going to pop out there and appear, so guys are going to have to watch out for it. But, uh, you know, that's something fun that, that we'd like to do in our off time and just to get out there and, and get amongst the community here in Portland and, and have a bit of fun with it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I love doing that kind of stuff. Well, man, we, we appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast with us. And uh, tell everybody again where they can uh, can check out Where's My Shirt because I think, again, that's a, it's a huge cause that we want to make sure people are aware of. Yeah, sure. They're, they're selling them at a had a lot of resale stores here in Portland in the mall, but um, you know, people from that's not in Oregon and overseas can uh, can find these shirts at where'smyshirt.com. Um, we're trying to raise 50 grand for the disasters that has happened in Australia. Um, there's all different types of colors and sizes. We've got kitty sizes, we've got big sizes, we've got um, you know for, for all all sorts of types. So uh, get in there and and check it out, and uh, you know I, I can. I can uh, say on behalf of Australia that everyone's uh, really appreciating all the support that we've gotten from our American friends. So thank you. No doubt about it, Patty, man. And thanks for joining us again. Good luck in the playoffs. All right, mate. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Yeah, Lang, he, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, if you, if you didn't pay attention to uh, his story, like, you know, I know you mentioned about him breaking his hand before the draft and then the foot in summer league, went through some, some drama, you know, to get to the point where he is now. But uh, my first real time investigating him and and reading up on him uh, was at draft time, and then he missed that year. Mm-hmm. And then come those those patty cakes, you know, videos on the street, man, where you, he's got one of the more hilarious personalities. He's got this alter ego. That, I don't know if you've seen him, but he's got this alter ego he does, and uh, 
it, people need to check it out. It's 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 a good laugh. It's it's worth taking some time and check it out. Hey, one thing I think we should point out that that website is where's my shirt, but it's w e a r s yeah myshirt.com just so you don't get yeah. confused but that's a great cause hopefully we can get some people to buy some shirts absolutely man we got to get them up to 50,000 so uh once again lang um the hang time podcast mike i got to give you another hand you always come through with some quality quality guests glad to see two guys that we that we've enjoyed their work on and off the floor this year uh and then again our our special guest is in the studio with us, Lamont Calloway here talking dunk ladder and everything else basketball. Appreciate him joining us here on episode 51 of the Hang Time Podcast. We will be back. Uh, playoffs are coming. And as we always do, the playoff podcast, we're going to do a preview for each and every series like we did last season. Uh, informative stuff, breaking down each series with a special guest on each one of those eight different episodes of the Hangtime podcast the playoff edition do not miss it um lang enjoy the the lang dome up there you know try not to sit around <laughs> eating doritos and you know and a little debbie's all day long would you please i'll try all right man <laughs> but, i can't promise <laughs> for all of our guests again landry fields of new york knicks patty mills of the portland trailblazers lamont calloway from nba.com my co-host lang whitaker lane Krause. And our super producer, Micah Hart, we will see you next time. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do. 